bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. The Father and His Household. This seven-part series will help you appreciate the various stages of the relationship between God and man and empower you to fully partake of God's divine nature through Christ. Humans change. Civilizations change. Knowledge changes. Wisdom changes. Experience change. God does not change. Get your copies of The Father and His Household by Pastor Mesa Otterville. Available in seven-part audio series. Contact Alta Bookshop, Christ Temple, now on 233-302-688-000. And now, today's word. The second thing I want to say before I really get into my message is that God is relational. Now, when I say God is relational, it means that God likes to relate. When you read Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, Genesis 21, verse 26, remember when I was doing Dominion Mandate, I started from Genesis 21, 26. I can preach quite a lot of messages from 21, 26 of Genesis. I preached so much from Genesis. Somebody asked me once, did you write it? All right, Genesis 21, 26. We're not looking at dominion mandate from here. We're looking at God as a relational being. Genesis 21, 26. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I want you to take note of two statements there. First is the phrase, let us. Let us. When, when you're speaking and you say, let us, it's a statement of relationship. Because when you say us, you are including more than an individual. You're including others. And you are relating to those others. When God spoke in Genesis concerning man, he said, let us. This is relationship in God. It is an internal relationship, not eternal, internal relationship. And this relationship has reference to the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I hope one day I will teach on that whole concept and explain it better because it can be very confusing for many Christians. And sometimes people think we worship three gods, you know, and all of that. So it, it's important that we get our foundational doctrines right. But when he says, let us, it's an internal statement, but it's a relationship within God himself. It's a relationship between God himself. So right from that statement, we see God is relational. Without anybody else, God is relational. He doesn't need anybody to relate to. By himself as God, he is relational. And second statement I want you to note is make man in 
our image. This talks about relationship with man. So the relationship of God is twofold, as we see in this passage. First, there's relationship with God himself, the Godhead. Secondly, there is relationship with man. Let us make man in our image. This is an external relationship. There is an internal relationship between God, with God in the Godhead. There is a relationship with man. And this expresses the desire that God always wants relationship. And to have a relationship, you must have relationship with like. So he says, let us make man in our image and likeness so I can have relationship with him. So we see and receive from God on the basis of relationship. We see God on the basis of relationship. We receive from God on the basis of relationship. And God's dealings with mankind over time has been always based on some kind of relationship. The relationship is not always the same. Different things define the relationship. But God's dealing with man mankind historically from the Bible has always been relationship. He has sustained different kinds of relationship with man. It's not always the same. God doesn't have the same relationship with man at all time. The relationship changes because man changes. God doesn't change because man changes. Man is able to change the relationship that he has with God. How we see God and what we receive from him is based on relationship. And for us to grasp this whole concept that I'm going to be talking about for the next couple of weeks, I want to create a biblical metaphor. Don't run away from those words. Just I want to give you a model, something for you to help you to understand. Uh, and, 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 and to see God as a father who has a household. If you look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19, just run to Ephesians 2.19. Now I'm beginning to teach. Ephesians 2.19, it says... It says, now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. Now, and members of the household of God. I don't want to stay much with the previous statement. I think I will come to it sometime in this series, the whole concept of strangers and foreigners. But then, in, what I want to focus on for here is members of the household of God. Now, if you have your Bible, you can underline that phrase because it's a very important metaphor I'm going to use. That there, God is a father and he has a household. That is the title of the series. The father and his household. God is a father and he has a household. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment that I represent God. Not I am not, but I represent him just for the purpose of uh, analogy. That I represent God. And I have 
a household. So I've built a house. And different people live in the house. Some of them are my children. Some of them are my relatives' children. Some of them are staff workers. Some of them are visitors. Some of them are strangers. But they are all in my household. Do you think my relationship with all of them will be the same? Now, my relationship with the children will be different even from my relationship with my relatives' children. My relationship with my, the staff workers will be different from the visitors in the house. My relationship to strangers, and if I dare say intruders, would also be very, very different. So you may see me showing love to my children, but when I see an intruder, you see a different side of me. What is making me do that is not that I am changing. It is that the relationship is changing. Are you following me? So when the relationship changes, what you receive will also change. That's why I said we see God and receive from him based on relationship. So if somebody is in that household of God, and he's a visitor, he's going to receive things different from somebody who is a child. If the other person is a servant in the house, they're going to receive something totally different. If somebody is an intruder in the house, he's in big trouble. From the same person. What is making all this difference is relationship. Everybody say relationship. All right. So God is a father, he has a household. At the time God created man, or before he created man, the household of God was made up of God himself and angels. God and angels. So if you go to God's household, it's God, the Trinity, and angels. And angels are workers. Then at a point, God decided he wanted to introduce new people into the household. And so he says in the verse we just write, let us make man. He's now bringing new people into the household. And these people are not going to be angels. Angels are workers. They are staff. But he's not bringing new staff to add to the old staff. He's bringing a new group of people into the household. And that's very interesting. And he states that this new group of people he's bringing into his household, they will have his likeness and his image. The angels don't have his likeness and his image. They have his strength. He empowers them to do things. But these new people... They are going to have his image and his likeness. So they are not just going to be workers in the house. They are going to look like him. 
literally speaking, he's bringing in people who would not be his servants, but be his children. And what will mark them out that they are children in the household is that they have the image and the likeness. And normally when you go to a house, you look at the people's faces and you can tell with some level of certainty who are the children and who are not. There are some people who throw their weight about you, look at their face and you say, where are you coming from? Because there is no image and likeness of this family on you. There's no image and likeness. So they may have some relationship, but they don't have the image and likeness. If they don't have the image and likeness, they are not the children. The people who have the image and likeness, they are children. So although you may see them working with the staff, you know that in addition to working with the staff, they have another relationship that is above the staff. They have the image and likeness of the father of the house. They are children of the house. Now, how did man get this image and likeness? Go with me to Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. It says... And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being or living soul. That word breath there from the Hebrew ruach means spirit. When God breathed into man, he didn't breathe oxygen into man because God has no oxygen in him. He is not a man who lives on oxygen and carbon dioxide. As a matter of fact, when, when you exhale, you don't come up with oxygen. You come up with carbon dioxide. So God did not breathe carbon dioxide into man. When the Bible says God breathed into man, we don't have to interpret it literally as the way human beings breathe. Breathe in oxygen out, carbon dioxide. God breathes into man, so carbon dioxide. No. That's not, you don't have to have that image. Although as human beings, that's the image we are likely to have. When the Bible says God breathed into man, it means that God poured his spirit into man. And man became a living soul. So, there is something God did to this being that he hadn't done to any being. He breathed himself into the person. So how does man get the image and likeness of God? The spirit of God is that which imparts the image of God. The spirit of God is what imparts the image of God. So God's image and likeness is in his spirit. When he breathed into man, he poured his spirit, his being into man. He poured his being into man. He introduced that which makes him him and put it into man. That's very powerful. The second statement I want to make concerning that verse is that Adam was a created child of God. 
I want you to note the phrase created child because I'll revisit it at another time. He's a created child of God. He's created by God. He's a child. Why is he a child? Because he has the image and likeness of the father. How did he get it? The father put his spirit into him. So his spirit in him gives him the image and likeness and that makes him a child. But he's not a born child. He's a created child. So you see that in creating Adam, God's idea basically is to bring children to the household. There are workers in the household, but he wants to bring children into the household. Second, third statement I want to make concerning that verse is that God's relationship with man is a spiritual relationship. Is a spiritual relationship. Since it is the spirit of God that gave man God's image and likeness, it stands to reason that man's relationship with God would be spiritual. So we don't relate to God from a physical point of view. The image and likeness of God is not physical. Your nose doesn't look like God's nose. Your ear doesn't look like God's ear. Your head doesn't look like God's head. It's your spirit that looks like God's spirit. The part that makes man the image and likeness of God is that man has something that God has. It is called spirit. And there are two things about that. First, man himself has his spirit. And secondly, man has the spirit of God. Because you can't receive the spirit of God into flesh. Spirit must come into spirit. So man is created with a spirit and he has the spirit of God in Genesis. That situation later changes. We'll talk about that later. But that relationship with God is spiritual. It's very important. Because when we get these fundamentals right, you can understand how God relates to each one of us. That's why when God looks at each one of us, he doesn't see the flesh. Because the part he invested in us of himself was not the flesh. It was the spirit. So you read phrases like, God, man looks to the outward, God looks in the inward. Why? Because that is what he put into man, to distinguish him from the other things he has created. Elephants have flesh. The flesh came from the earth. The earth was created by God. But the earth is something God has created outside of himself. It's not God. But the spirit is not something he creates outside of himself. It's something he takes from himself and puts into us. That is bigger than earth. So when God is dealing with me, he doesn't look at the earth I came out of. He looks at the spirit he puts inside me. And he judges me by the spirit. Not by the flesh, because the flesh came from the earth, the spirit came from him.